this is Steve with Life Worth Living Church. Hey, you know, I think a lot of times we as Christians, we put way too much pressure on ourselves. It's not so much about what we do, it's about what God does. Don't get me wrong, I realize our behavior plays a part in us reaching our destiny, but the most important thing is the action that God takes towards us. And then once God acts, then we simply react in sync with Him. I love the example of surfers. Surfers aren't out there making their own waves, they simply ride the waves that are sent their way. I know a lot of times I'm out there trying to make my own wave of joy, my own wave of peace or trust or faith, and God's telling me, Steve, wait on my wave. It's coming to you and simply ride the waves that I send you. So I want you to listen in and relax in what God wants to do. Remember, it's not so much about what you do, it's about what God does. All right. So this is so cool. <laughs> Such a blessing. And I, I'm just really looking forward to sharing it with you guys. And um, so it's li- listen to this statement. This is this is just an, an, an unbelievable statement. It's a freeing statement. And it's this. It's not so much about what we do, but it's about what God does. It's not so much about what we do, but about what God does. And um, let me give you some examples, I guess, just to make this this clear. You know, I'll, I'll read in the Bible, you know, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Or, um, uh, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So then I concentrate on being joyful and rejoicing. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But if I would begin to think about the Lord, the joy would come naturally. Or what if I'm told, you know, I need to read my Bible more, I need to pray more. Um, so I, I put effort into that, as I should. I'm not, I'm not demeaning that. But if I will focus on God, I'll actually want to spend time with Him. It won't be a have to, it'll be a get to. Or what if we're told, you know, we need to stop worrying so much. Be anxious for nothing, right? Stop worrying. So I focus on stopping, trying to stop worrying. But if I would put my focus on God, many of these reactions, because that's all they are, these are not actions. These are reactions. And we need to realize that. We, tr- we treat our righteous acts as actions, and they really should be reactions to what God is doing in our lives and who God is to us. So... <clears throat> God has been reminding me, and this is just some notes out of my own personal devotion, but um, you know, God has been reminding me, don't feel good about yourself based on what you do or don't do. Focus exclusively on what God does, on what He did, on what He does, and what He will do. And that changes everything, because then I'm not self-focused, I'm God-focused. So as you do these, as as you do this, you put your focus on God, you will find yourself naturally doing what God wants you to do. And uh, it won't be something for you to pat yourself on the back. It'll just be part of your day-to-day life. And so, um, let's see, I'm looking through my notes here. 
look at this. Let me, let me read you another couple of other statements from my journal here. If we focus on God's action towards us, we will naturally act in tandem with him. I'll read it again. If we, if we focus on God's action towards us, we will naturally act in tandem with him. So that word tandem is a pretty, uh, pretty hardcore word. Whenever you think of, of people who jump out of airplanes, when you, first, when you first jump out of an airplane, you're supposed to jump out, do a tandem jump, probably several tandem jumps, which means you're hooked to a, an expert that knows what they're doing and you're tandem jumping with them. Well, um, the way that it works is you kind of stand in front of the person as you're about to jump out the airplane and they basically shove you out and they jump out behind you and and that's basically how it is with God you know uh, he's there he moves and we're connected to God and he pulls us with him so to speak so if we would just focus on God's actions towards us we'll naturally act in tandem to him with him because we're we're connected to him so here's the next statement but if we focus on our own actions Without being connected to him, we quickly shrivel up spiritually because we're so focused on ourselves. And that's why John 15, 4 says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so God wants us to focus on the vine. Listen to this. This is good. God wants us to focus on the vine, not on the branch. He wants us to focus on the vine, not, not on the branch. So let's just, uh, let's just pretend like it's Monday morning and we're trying to put this into practice, okay? And so if you look at Psalms 121 and read it with me, meditate, with, med, meditate on it with me, see if your attitude doesn't change as you look at Psalms 121. I'm going to read it starting in verse 1. And this is a psalm that's been mentioned several times lately. It's been blessing me big time. I think somebody brought it up on Wednesday night, and I've been, I've been thinking about it ever since. So again, it's Psalms 121, starting in verse 1. It says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So where are my eyes supposed to be set? They're supposed to be set on the Lord. That's where my help comes from. My help doesn't come from me being a good person or not doing bad things. It comes from God, plain and simple. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Verse 3 of Psalms 121. He will not let your foot slip. Wow, so I'm focused on him. I'm not focused on my own foot. I'm focused on him making sure my foot doesn't slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. And I've just got such an incredible story there. I was one night we were staying uh, at out of town uh, in an apartment actually, and the windows were open, and uh, my daughters were sleeping downstairs, and they heard someone walking by the open window in the middle of the night, and it stressed me out because we we're going to be there a couple of nights, and um, I I just glanced at my Bible and the verse that day was Psalms 121 verse 3 and it says he who watches over you will not slumber <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and it brought me such insane peace. But there's an example. Instead of focusing on myself, I focused on what God can do. He doesn't slumber. He's watching over us. Verse 4, Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 5, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Have you seen anything here talking about yourself yet? It's all been about what God can do, not what we can do. And all of a sudden it turns our focus onto Him. And we're going to see what happens whenever we do that here today or tonight. Verse 6, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. In other words, there won't be danger in the day or in danger at night. And this is reminiscent of Psalms 91, which kind of says the same thing. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. And if that's not the most comforting psalm in the world, it's saying... Not only is he going to protect us now, but it's always going to be that way. And so if you were if you were doing this, you know, kind of going through this exercise Monday morning, tomorrow morning, and trying to focus on your own good actions, is my joy okay? Am I not worrying? Am I loving enough? Am I peaceful? Am I trusting God? Instead of asking those questions, is to begin to ask your questions, what is God doing? What is God doing? Because all we can do is react to God. We can react to God. What he does comes first. What we do comes second. And so I need to place my attention, as this, as this chapter says, look up to the mountains. In other words, look up to God. Look up to what he's doing instead of looking at, at what I can do. So um, that's why Hebrews 12.3 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the one strengthening your faith. I mean, there's certain things we need to do. Don't get me wrong. But he is the one that's making your faith stronger. It's not you. And so at all costs, listen to this, at all costs, do not fix your eyes on your own obedience. Fix your eyes on Jesus at all costs. Um, I heard a preacher say this once, and I've mentioned it before obedience is not the root obedience is the fruit in other words obedience comes after something else has happened and it's after god has done something in our lives okay so at all costs do not fix your eyes on your own obedience or for that matter on your own disobedience fix your eyes on jesus fix your eyes on jesus so i'd like to share with you tonight Six mountains that you can fix your eyes on. Six consistent actions of God that you can focus your attention on. And these in turn will produce godly attitudes and actions in each one of these, in each one of us. Okay? Alright, so six actions of God which produces six reactions in us. Here goes the first one is God loves me. And I'm going to put this in a very, very personal terms because this was in my own personal journal. You can write it for yourself, all right? God loves me. And so I'll say it to you. God loves you. (laughs) But this was for me, so I'm saying it this way. God loves me. You know what my reaction to that is? I love him back. 
So it's not about me waking up in the morning and asking myself, how much do I love God? Do I love God? Have I lost him? Has, has he stopped being my first love? Oh my goodness, do I love God enough? Do I feel passion? I don't, I'm not sure I feel enough about God. That's not the point. The point is God loves me. And just as a cool side note, it's really been thinking about this lately. When there's somebody that's unlovable in your life, just say, God loves them. God loves them. And you don't have to worry if you love them or don't love them. Just tell yourself, remind yourself, God loves them so, so much. And before you know it, you'll find yourself actually loving that person because God's love, is it comes first, and we react to it. All right, um, I'm starting off bad here because I'm already getting my notes mixed up. <laughs> All right, so God loves me. Look at this. What, what verse proves that out? 1 John 4, verses 10 through 12. 1 John 4, verses 10 through 12. It says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Well, guess what? We will love one another when we receive the love of God for us. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Again, that's 1 John chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, stop trying to love people and start just accepting the love that God offers to you personally. And you will naturally react and begin to love God back and to love other people. But just, just accept God's love for you. He loves you so, so much. Get, in the, get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and tell yourself God loves you. Jump into the ocean of God's love and never, ever get out ever again. Here's the second mountain that we look to that produces the right reaction in us, okay? So the first one is God's, God loves me. Here's the next one. God protects me and provides for me. God prote protects me and provides for me. And the reaction that we have to that is, I peacefully trust God. I peacefully, if I know that God protects me and he provides for me, I will peacefully trust him. So instead of trying to trust God, instead of trying to have peace, focus on the fact that God protects you and provides for you. And I think I mentioned this on Wednesday night. It's so cool. I was, this came from my devotional time is, you know what, whenever we spray on suntan sunscreen, uh, we go out and we f fully expect we're protected from the sun. Uh, we don't think about it. And I'm telling you, just spray on God's protection and stop worrying that something bad's going to happen to you. Spray on God's provision and don't worry. He's going to take care of all your needs. Focus on God and you'll have trust and you'll have peace. But here's some cool scriptures that supports that. Psalms 18.2 and... 10. Okay, those two verses in Psalms 18. But here's Psalms 18 too. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my and horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In other words, he's my protection. No one can get to me. He's my rock. He's my fortress. Um, and I said Psalms 18.10 and I was wrong. It's Proverbs 18.10. Uh, listen to this. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. 
The righteous run, run to it and are safe. So when we focus on God's protection, we will naturally trust him. So stop trying to trust God outside of understanding who God is. He can't help but want to protect you. He's just that way. That's his nature. It's his character to want to protect. And so that's just what he naturally does. And we should just naturally accept that. Um, here's another verse in Isaiah 26, 3, 4. I love this one. Love it, love it. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. All right? We, we put our minds on him and then we trust him is what this verse is saying. It's so cool. And it says, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord himself is the rock eternal. Focus on God. Focus on his word. And we will react naturally with trust and with peace. Psalms 91 verses 1 and 2. We've read it a hundred times, but you know what? That's infinitely too few times. You can't read Psalms 91 too many times. Whoever dwells in the shelter, shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. See that reaction? All right, we get into God and our reaction is we rest. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. What comes first? Trust or him being our refuge and our fortress? Well, it's clearly his protection comes first and then we trust. And I can't help but read several more scriptures here. Psalms 9.10, it says, Those who know your name trust in you. Isn't that awesome? Those who know your name trust in you. And that's why uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. They run to the name of the Lord. Praise God. Uh, then there's scriptures about provisions. Genesis 22:14. Abraham began to know the Lord as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides. And it says, So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, On the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. <laughs> Praise God. We've got to be on the mountain of the Lord. Stay where God is, and he'll provide for you, and you'll have peace. There are several other scriptures. Matthew 6 is just an unbelievable scripture as well. But let's go on to the third mountain. The third mountain is... God gives me purpose and has a plan for my life. I look to that. I look to that. And my reaction when I consider that he's given me purpose and has a plan for my life is hope. That's my reaction. So I don't sit there and try to conjure up hope in my heart and mind. No. Hope is a reaction to knowing that God has a purpose and a plan for my life. Jeremiah 29.11 Again, one that you can't overquote or, or over-declare or state. For I know what the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Are you going to die tomorrow? No, you're not going to die tomorrow. You know, you have a hope. You have a future. So start looking beyond uh, where you're at today and judging your future based on your present because your future is a lot better than what your present is. Praise God. So it's really cool. I was looking at what this, this word plans means in the original Hebrew, and it actually means thoughts. And in the King James Version, it says, I know the thoughts I have for you. Um, it, it's really talking about God's thoughts, 
But when you start seeing how this is translated in the Old Testament, it is absolutely powerful. Um, sometimes it's plans, but there's a there's a, several other places where it's it's uh, translated a little bit differently. But let me read you Psalms 40 verse 5 first. Psalms 40 verse 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, and the plans you have for us, none can compare to you. If I were to proclaim and declare them, they would be more than could be counted. That's That verse is saying God has so many plans for you that they can't even be numbered. It's not just a plan. It's tons of plans. Um, but here's some other places where it's translated differently. Exodus 31 and Exodus 35 and 33. Uh, there were some men who God had appointed and anointed to build the Ark of the Covenant and to build the Tent of Meeting. And it's the same word. God gave them artistic designs. He gave them artistic abilities. That's the same word plans or the same word thoughts. In other words, God dumped his divine design, artistic designs into these men's heads and they could actually see what the ark was going to look like before it was ever made. They could see what that tent of meeting was going to look like. They they were given that 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 vision of what something could be. Unbelievable. God put his thoughts into their mind. And then in 2 Chronicles 26:15 and I can't remember this is um there's one of two kings. It was either Hezekiah or um can't remember his name. Anyways, um, 2 Chronicles 26.15, this king invented devices. And that's the word that's used in the Bible, invented. And it's the same word, thoughts. God put inventive thoughts into this king's mind, and he built towers and defenses and uh, devices that could shoot arrows and hurl large stones at the walls. And his fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. Okay, so God has plans for you. He has thoughts for you. Everybody's an artist in some form or fashion, and he wants to see you take those thoughts that you have, those dreams that he's placed in your mind, and he wants to see you make them a reality. Unbelievable. Just incredible. God has plans for you. Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, the Bible says. But you know what? We have the mind of Christ. In other words, he brings those thoughts down into our mortal minds and gives us divine inspiration to do unbelievable things. Just, just really, really amazing. The fourth mountain, God chooses me. God chooses me. What's my reaction to that? My reaction to that is absolutely pure, unadulterated joy. Joy. Can I work up joy in my own self? No, I can't work up joy. Good grief. We try too hard. But when we realize he's chosen us, then all of a sudden we can have joy. Where did I get that from? Well, uh, let me find it. <laughs> Luke ten twenty. It says, Jesus says to his disciples, Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven, in the Lamb's book of life. Joy is not something you can work up in yourself. This is in Luke 10, 20. It's it's a reaction to the fact that God has picked you. He's chosen you. 
He saw the sea of faces and he came and he picked you. That's just, that produces unbelievable joy. And another word for joy is satisfaction. We're constantly trying to get our satisfaction in other things. When we can sit back in the choosing of God, oh man, that's just unbelievable. That's why in Philippians 4, Paul says, 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Why? You're chosen. <laughs> that's why you can be, be rejoicing. Uh, Philippians 3 1 finally brothers rejoice in the Lord it's no trouble for me to write it the same thing to you again it's a safeguard to you first Thessalonians 5 16 rejoice at all times so that's the fourth mountain the fifth mountain is this God speaks to me God speaks to me God I believe this with all my heart God is always speaking to me he's always speaking to you always nine times out of ten we don't hear him though that's the problem but God is speaking to us, and what does that produce? Well, it produces faith. We can't work up our faith. We can't, be, we can't strengthen our own faith. It only comes from hearing God talk to us. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ or from Christ. Romans 10, 17, God is speaking to us. That's why in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, uh, man isn't going to live on bread alone. He's going to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So look to God's word. Don't look to your own faith. We don't have faith in our faith. We have faith in God. All right? And then the, the sixth mountain is this. God blesses me. God blesses me. Um, what is my reaction to that? Without even trying, it's fruitfulness. If God blesses you, you will be fruitful. You're just touched by his blessing. You will produce.